discuss issues important to the creative community, but with way less care and respect than they deserve. We'll probably just end up talking about pop culture stuff and doing weird improv, and sometimes we may actually be sincere. It's not purpose. I blame the guests. Hey, Daniel. <laughs> hey, Zach. Would you like to record another podcast episode with me tonight? Yeah, let's do that. We, we um, haven't done so it in like a month or those so. Of you, so, you know. It's 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 been a while. We had to have a breather. Yeah. A breather. Uh to our guests who might not know, we we just recorded about two thirds of an episode uh before this. And uh you know, think of it as like a dress rehearsal, yeah, but practice. an audio version. Yeah. That's yeah. some great practice and no computer malfunctions whatsoever. No, my Windows uh, computer did not crash twenty five minutes into it and lose all of my audition recording. That, that did, did not happen. happen. No. But you know not what did all. happen? We did start to talk to Lenny Twinsy yes. about work life balance and I'd like to do that again if he still wants to yes. have us. I yeah, definitely. Definitely do. I just yeah, I'll be right there, hon. I'm just doing this dumbass podcast thing. And when I'm done, I'll... <laughs> okay. I love him. Absolutely love him. <laughs> really, the... the, the... Um, I think you were you... calling us... I think we were something about um, Zach and Daniel and Creatoring are the best podcast you've ever done. And that... Um, fact, doing it's all so this... good that I've done it... I will have done it twice in one night. <laughs> That's why the John Contino's done it. I know, like I've done two episodes on a podcast before, but usually they ask me back like a year later. You guys were like, you know what? That was so fucking good. So good. Two minutes later. We're going to wrap it up at like 8.20 and if we could just <laughs> kick off the next one at 8.21. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my kids are in bed with their iPads and headphones on, so we've got at least another 30 minutes before the cat freaks out. <laughs> Doing well. Oh, Doing no, well. wait, there she is. She's there now. Never mind. She's begun. So work-life balance, is it a myth? Is it real? Does it exist? Yeah. How, do you even, how do you even handle it? Uh, is work life? And on the other hand, is life work? Like Donald Trump doing a good job as president. Will it ever happen? I don't think so, but we're going to talk about it. The, the work-life it. thing, not the Trump thing, because fuck that. Let's, uh... Yeah, that answer is no. Mr. VR... What... When I asked, he was just like, are you telling me that there are people who are able to balance that successfully? And uh, I think you're a good example of that, Lenny. At least you put that front up. Um, I don't know if you would agree with that. But are there any examples that you guys can think of of people that are able to balance that well? Um, I mean, yeah, I think there's balancing it well outwardly, right, to how people see <laughs> And balancing it well and i'm sure inside most of those people are crying and screaming about their life sure. life's failures but um an unhappy marriage is still a marriage i get it exactly but you know yeah. in a way i'm kind of <laughs> glad we could swing back around to this because it reminded me of a talk i saw um by a guy named gage mitchell he's out of uh, seattle and he kind of debunks the whole work-life balance when it comes to our field when it comes to creatives because yeah. we don't have the ability to turn our job off like when we see something pretty or we see something ugly, like it immediately emotionally strikes us and we don't have that ability to necessarily like turn it off. So his kind of thing is like, you know, maybe we shouldn't be so much searching for work-life um, balance, but just accepting that 
the way we are is, 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 is our work and is our life. And it's very unique to our field. I think that's really why I wanted to talk about this with you is, um, the whole argument looking for that balance just seems like bullshit to me. Like, uh, I don't know. We, we get to do one of the funnest and sometimes easiest jobs in the world. I mean, people say, of course it's not easy, but you're sitting in front of a fucking computer for eight hours, you know, go bust your ass digging a ditch or, or, or or saving someone's life or, Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are also some pretty creative ways, I imagine, of saving someone's life or, you know, digging a ditch. Look at landscapers. You can probably do it anywhere. I think, I think with us, I mean, a lot of what we do, I mean, hell, even you, Lenny, like you're not spending a ton of time in front of a computer. You're also like getting your hands actually dirty. You're one of the few creatives out there who, who gets to do that. Um, most of us have <laughs> very clean hands and we just have like what, keyboard grease on our fingers, uh, <laughs> if there ever was such a thing. Uh, and it's, it's, it's true. No, I, I loved what you just said about, you know, creatives not being able to turn it off because you see something and it inspires one thing or you make a link from one project to a, a freelance project and you can never really tune that out, which Sometimes you may feel you're on the brink of a schizophrenic breakdown, because uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's con it is absolutely it's incessant. But I think that's good. I think if you can't turn it off, it's a sign that like your your gears are still turning and you're able to still make you know all these disparate connections and links um, from one abstract concept to another, which is the core of creativity and then folding that into design it's just all the much better oh absolutely i mean even when we go on vacations when if we go to disney world or we go to whatever like we are constantly looking at the signage and the typography and the sets and the like different than everyone else like it's different than i think when one family looks at you know some sort of building or sign or something oh that's cool but we're literally building it in our head and deconstructing and like how could i make like we go we become everything. We become the hammer, the nail, the architect, the painter when we're looking at it. And so that, you know, that's, that's where it kind of is different for us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, a place like Disney world, you know, it's so well constructed and so well branded and has like seemingly such a rich, like physical history that like you do think about those things, you know, you look at a fucking sign for a ride or like a tavern or something. And just think about like, the people who designed the sign made the letters carved it you know there's like this artistry that that goes behind all of it i mean you think you can even look at a building you know even like a bank building like a fucking bank of america like there's times when i see those things i'm like man like someone sat down on like a sunday night it's like nope i've got to like really map out those bank of america building plans uh and there's you know, it, at least a modicum of creativity that has to go into that. Like, you can't just arbitrarily, like, put together boxes and call it a house. Like, there's got to be some sort of, like, rhyme and reason to it. Um, but I think, yeah, having having that design mindset, like, you're, you're in it. <laughs> you're in it for life. And it's on. It's not a switch. 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> you, I think you summed it up right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, like, meditation has been undoubtedly, like, one of the – I mean, it's better than medication. And I don't want to sound like, you know, your yoga teacher or anything, but, like, it truly is. It's, like, the moments of absolute silence and just nothingness that I can get are from meditation. Even if it's for like a minute, you're just like, yes, I want this. This is like a succulent moment. And then all of a sudden, like a uh, uh, fucking keyboard shortcut pops up in my head or something, or like a <laughs> new way of like keeping a color palette together. Something like a Pegasus flies in from the right of my periphery and, you know, things happen. <laughs> things happen. Um, um, yeah, very hard to turn off. Usually, may, usually, since we've started doing this show, one thing I've noticed is whenever we face issues like this, like what does work-life balance mean? How is it sustainable? The problem isn't really that it doesn't exist. It's usually been more that people misconstrue what it means. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I feel like... I have to be here for eight hours, and then when I'm not here, what am I doing here? And it shouldn't yeah. be what the first eight hours ha- have anything to do with what the previous eight hours was. There's never going to – yeah, that just doesn't exist. That's like right. saying you want to have book walking balance. You, you know, something stupid. <laughs> Which I it's, do have impeccable book walking balance, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you, you're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But it feels like people just don't know how to fucking get their priorities in order or even to be able to say what they are. Is that more of the issue of like not having your priorities in order or that, or having too many priorities? I suffer from that. Yeah. I think that's like, the big. you know, we like to do a little bit of everything and we get so inspired because our community is so close. Yeah. You know, we're like, we, yeah. you know, I think we have more friends in our community. And so we're just like, look what Daniel did. It's awesome. Look what Zach's, I want to do that. Like, that looks like fun, you know, and we're just like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and yeah. so, yeah, too many priorities. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, hold on. I've got an echo. Okay. It's out now. Yeah. Uh, cool. It is like a very crazy industry in that regard because you are like friends with your colleagues and you're, constantly like inspired and impressed by what they do and if you see something cool and original that somebody did that's now like in your mind to do that thing even if it has nothing to do like if you're not making money off of it you still want to do it whether it's like sharpening your skills or making a brush pack or just updating your portfolio like all of those things require absolutely i mean just look at conferences you know two years ago everybody had stickers last year everybody had pins <laughs> God damn, those pins are expensive. Too. I know. Can we go back to, can <laughs> I, we go I, back I, to stickers, please? Can, yeah, can we go back to stickers? Next is going to be like, like limited edition daggers. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe just notebook paper with like ball, ballpoint pen writing on it. Can that be the thing for next year? Yeah. <laughs> we can start that trend. We can start it again. I'm going to do custom branded paper clips. So, booyah. <laughs> Let's just all get like cheap, cheap business, like kitsch stuff. And just like really cheap ballpoint pens. I want to like go to Office Max and get my business cards with the thermographic print on it again, like the old days. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to get like some of the stock graphics, like the abstract wavy gradient line that's like going up to the right and kind of feathered, and then just basic sans serif 
text on top of it. Let's just we need to start utilizing those old nineties templates. Let's just do more sure. of these. Yes, that <laughs> the stickers, the creatoring stickers. <laughs> That's definitely inspiration <laughs> there. And then we just cut the work out, and then we just get life. So it's a life-life balance. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Done. Hold on, let Done. me write that down. Life, life balance. You heard it here first. Yeah. Patent pending to... trademark TM copyright. TM TM TM. <laughs> LifeLifeBalance.com. I just bought I w- it. <laughs> I want to write one of those very like Uber motivational medium posts on like, you know, wake up at five AM and then change your life. You know, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be the life life balance. How to not work at all and still attain all of your dreams in three easy steps. Number one, get a taste for pine cones. If you can acquire that, you can, you'll can. you be okay forever. You're going to need them. Good with peanut butter. Um, but I think the fucked up priorities and like not knowing your priorities is, one, harder because of social media. And two, leads to most of the bullshit we've seen on design Twitter lately. Like, um, I I don't know where you're at with that, Lenny, but Daniel and I have like made a point of, like, just you know, we were getting too far down the rabbit trail with design Twitter, and the show was just becoming us complaining about what somebody said every week. Right. Basically, <laughs> so we're like, life became sadder than I had envisioned two years ago, but it's okay. <laughs> we're we're investigating. We're investigating. Damn it! I've accepted the sadness into my life. <laughs> But does that, that seems like it rings true. Like if, if your priority is just to have people know who you are in the design community, the same is true for anything, but it's always easier to pull people down than it is to push anybody up. Oh, absolutely. It's the pushing people up is the long game. You know, that's, that's the game you're trying to play. But you can tear anybody down and never offer any constructive criticism and, you know, even if it's all negative news, people are at least paying attention to you. And hey, that's one check mark off the old narcissist list. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those people suffer from just mass amounts of insecurities that they have to dump off on other people. And I fortunately uh, was a victim of that a few weeks ago. It was great. <laughs> I always wanted to be. Uh, just because I wanted to give like some passive aggressive remark back and it was cathartic, but there are people out there. Like, I don't know if like being a troll is one thing, but being a genuine asshole is a complete other thing. (laughs) Like I, I don't, I just don't understand that mindset. And especially in the design community, when most of us are from backgrounds where we were the misfits, like we were the people kind of on the fringe of, of groups. Like we were the weirdos and we avoided those assholes and avoided that bullshit because we wanted to create things. And now we're just becoming those people. Uh, very interesting phenomenon. I don't, I don't know. And I, I sometimes go to Twitter legitimately as like a therapeutic outlet, whether it's just like something I want confirmation on or if I'm like in a thread talking to somebody to confirm something that I kind of have suspicions about. It's nice. But when somebody comes and just pisses in it, it's takes the fun out. Um, Mark Twain once said, never argue with an idiot. They will only drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. 
And I'll just say that the guy who said that to you was not ready for how stupid you and I could become on Twitter. <laughs> not at all. We far outclassed him down here on our level. And he didn't know what to do with himself. When you control the troll. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to want to do that. Like, there's been so many things, design Twitter, design for anywhere, that it's like, oh my God, I could so dive into this and just destroy and lay waste. But it's like, I just don't want to take that part of my life to do that. No, yeah. That's the good way to do it. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's like, do you want to commit an hour and like a, and I will say I have had many a Reddit argument that cumulatively have probably taken three weeks off my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, that's sometimes you just gotta do it. And you're young and stupid. Like I haven't done that stuff in years. Um, but yeah, it, but like I guess you grow up and you see that like it doesn't make any sense, or like you're having a feud with somebody on Facebook who politically aligns with a baked potato, and you know, there's <laughs> there's just absolutely no reason for me to be talking to this person. I cannot, you can't logic anything into the brains. Like you just right, can't, totally. do it. can't do it. Uh, which is sad. You just kind of have to wait for them to evaporate and become part of the infinite abyss of space and, and all is good and well in the world. Interestingly enough, I mean, God, how awesome would a baked potato be for right now? I mean, we would, <laughs> we'd have instantly the, our standing <laughs> in the world would just skyrocket. Oh, with some sour cream and chives and bacon. Yeah. Fuck. That'd be awesome. I mean, for every household, <laughs> every country would have something that could go with us. Uh, let's do good. another question. Um, Jen Hood, one half of the Hood sisters, the good, the good Hood. Um, how do you, oh, let's address this first. I guess we're talking about priorities and that work life doesn't exist. I think along with priorities, there also is in fact a place and a need for uh, boundaries. I think let's reframe the question. Work-life balance doesn't exist. Priorities and boundaries are what we need to focus on. Jen asked, yeah. how do you educate, how do you educate your clients about your boundaries? Give an example of a boundary first before you, cause that's kind of, I didn't, we didn't talk about that before. Yeah. Do I mean, have any? <laughs> do I have any boundaries? Yeah. Not with us. Huh? No, like, not like, with you. No, we're, 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 we're well into reach around you know reach around city so um yeah <laughs> it's just common decency <laughs> you know i i don't go out of my way to set boundaries with clients i just do if okay. i don't want to answer an email i don't until the next day or two days or until i'm ready to give the answer that whatever that question needs uh, if I don't want to, you know, I, one thing I did, well, one big boundary I set up when I, when I set up the studio was I gave the studio a phone number because I did not want my mobile number to be the number that would ring Saturday at six o'clock at night because somebody wanted to know about a workshop. Sure. Um, now I do, I give myself to clients once I hit a certain level with them um, because of those boundaries There are certain clients that I will give my number to because I, I pride myself on many times actually becoming true friends with clients. So I don't mind giving the number at that point. Um, but I really just set my boundaries by just 
not doing things maybe the way they expect it. And just eventually they learn. I don't really want to talk down to them and say, well, now you guys know I'm not going to work this weekend. Well, guess what? Nah, you just better fucking assume I'm not going to work this weekend. <laughs> and you'll find out if you try to make me work this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the best way to go about it. It's almost weird if you like, yeah, send an email. It's like, oh, FYI, um, I'm not going to be working or thinking about your project for the next two days. Uh, you know, deal with it. Are there um, are there any stipulations in y'all's contracts? I mean, anything at all? Um, I actually do not have any part of my contract that actually talks about schedule to that degree. Mostly it says, yeah. you know, if I miss a date or something and it's my fault, the deadline doesn't move because that's my screw up. But if you miss a date and don't get me content, the deadline moves. Um, gotcha. That's that's kind of the bulk of, of you know, my contract, um, you know, as far as scheduling and stuff like that. Now, I mean, I just know uh, I'll call Daniel out for a second. <laughs> I Like one of your biggest struggles with client work and design has been staying up until two, three, four o'clock in the morning trying to rush stuff out. Now, is that like, is that you like not setting up boundaries or? Here's, here's the thing about that. And I, I've got serious feelings about this that I've been trying to fix, but I think at the end of the day, I enjoy legitimately enjoy get the most amount of relaxation to feel creatively stimulated and excited when I am staying up till, you know, two or three in the morning, listening to some droney, ghosty, evil electronic music and just doing work or illustrating or something because I feel like there are no distractions. I don't have to worry about an email coming in. I don't have to worry about, you know, someone tapping me on the shoulder or, you know, just distracting me in some way. And I feel like the, those are some of like the best moments. Mm. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> that's an impractical lifestyle to hold up because I, also have a strict routine in the morning where I'm waking up at, you know, seven, eight AM and it it just it, sleep deprivation comes very quickly. But I know <laughs> I just got goosebumps. Um it's it's hard because I know for me that like my best work isn't gonna come from the hours of, you know, like nine to six. Like I will be able to continue what I started the night before, but I, I just too many distractions. There's, there's too much sunlight there. You know, I'm on Slack or Twitter or Facebook and there's, there's this thing that says some bit of research that like anytime you check Twitter, it takes you approximately 20 to 22 minutes to actually get your head back into what you were doing. Any distractions. Focus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything, anything. And I have gone to great lengths of blocking myself from these things. I think we've talked about it on an episode before, but I've installed software on my computer that will block me out of programs and websites for an extended amount of time. And there's no way to, to undo it until I wait for the time to run out, mm. uh, which has been incredible. It's, it's been very helpful. But you know what? I still go to my phone. Just because my computer can't access certain websites, it doesn't it doesn't prevent me from going on my phone. So 
that's hard. And I think it comes down to discipline ultimately. Yeah. There's no doubt that between 10 PM and 2 AM, I will slay a nine hour workday, but yeah, I can't, I have to get up at five 30 in the morning with my daughter because school starts for her a little after seven. So we need to make breakfast and get out the door. And I am useless if I don't get six, seven hours. I mean, I've definitely, you know, I'm 44. I'm so I'm, you know, slowly climbing, still young, but I'm climbing the ladder a little, a little higher Don't than look a day over 43. Exactly. I feel not a day over 60. Um, but yeah, I, that's when I know I do great work and you know, this is my daughter's last year of high school. And so I'll kind of have a, a wholly different schedule pretty soon. So maybe I'll, maybe I will work a little later for a while because I can, um, maybe I won't, but yeah. Right. Right. How did this go back to Jen's? What was Jen's question? Oh, it was, uh, how do you educate your clients about boundaries? Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. It's kind of just... it, yeah, we don't. It's just there. Yeah, you I, don't. Just, I just, I just <laughs> do. Um, and, and might I say, I just spent the weekend with the lovely Hood Sisters at Circles. Um, Jealous. Yeah, it was, I hadn't seen them in four years in person. Um, and it was like, just as, you know, the power of our community, it was literally like, oh my God, how are you? And just, that was it. We were off and running. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh she had a, another question. Um how do you balance work life and again, for, I'm just framing the question. We've already gone past that. When you work with friends, is it any harder to make those lines, those boundaries any clearer? That's a good question. Um well, um I think you guys have you guys met my friend Mitch? He's been to Creative South, Mitch Shepard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, humbly yeah, yeah humbly made. Um, like I think my whole closet is humbly made shirts. That's right. And his stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, Mitch runs his own business humbly made and I have Hey monkey, but he prints out of my shop. Like I opened my shop to him. So, you know, we are working together constantly and throwing each other ideas on our own, each business, you know, each other's business, things we can do together. Has he run workshops? For you, or are those his own workshops? No, there have been. He hasn't run workshops for me, but he has actually run some live events for me. Okay, literally donned my aprons and logos because I couldn't yeah. be there, and just helped push my shop because he likes the shop. and And I gave up, you know, a whole weekend for him when he was doing something at a big show, and just was there for him. And um, so you know, as far as you know, he goes, we just don't have boundaries. Like it's he does his thing, I do my thing, but ultimately. Our, you know, we just want each other to succeed. So we just do whatever is needed to help make that happen. Cool. Nice. No, it's, it's great to have like a partner in crime like that, who is fully supportive and able to step in. Uh, Cause even wink, in- wink. Oh, you're talking about <laughs> Zach, aren't you? No, you're not. No, <laughs> it's no, I should be that person for Zach. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's hard, like, you know, mainly being like a digital industry, um, it's hard to like physically be there with someone else or like have someone physically fill in for you. And I think that's like, that's really great. Like having, having a partner, uh, they can do those types of things. Um, cause there's no worse feeling, I think like career wise than letting somebody down and not being there or doing something that you said you would do, whether it's a side project or you know a little illustration or an icon just to help someone out um i've been in those situations more times than i'd like to comfortably admit and i have been the wrongdoer 
uh, I had to send a really awkward Twitter message today to somebody. It's just like, sorry, I didn't do that thing I said I was going to do. And it felt shitty, but at the same time, like, I'm glad I'm getting this off my chest because it's been killing me. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, we, we accept, I think we just say yes a lot. Um, and it's easy to do because people are constantly having things going on in this industry constantly having especially when we you know go to conferences if if i actually collaborated with the number of people i said i wanted to and said we should we should i would never have time to actually do things and i to absolutely i would love to do all those collaborations but (laughs) it's not possible number one and so like i'm really going to be careful how i say that in the future and that's hard for me because i totally especially when i get around you know you guys our people at conferences and stuff it's like oh my god you you know (laughs) but it's like i'm just gonna be really really Uh, careful if i had a dollar for every time i told somebody i could collaborate on something and then it fell through the cracks i'd have like eight bucks but you know still uh like alicia I'm still writing that story. I haven't forgotten about you. I'll get it back to you. Even you, Lenny, I proofread your story and just never sent you what I did. Uh, 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 Von Glitchka and I have been talking about doing something. Literally, we've just used the word something (laughs) for probably two and a half years now. And finally, I think it's going to happen. Like he put something, a poster on his Instagram and I was like, Von, I want to print that. And he emailed me and like, we've been going back and forth and I'm like, holy shit, we might actually collaborate. Like, I think yeah. Daniel's got a pattern he's been working on for me for, like, two years sitting yeah, on his computer. Yeah, about that. It's just, uh, you know, we all do it. It's, I think, we're the worst. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. But do you do you think, do you think, and this just kind of came to me for whatever reason, do you think that there's, like, like a, a, a monetary value assigned to whether you're going to complete something or not? Say, like, if a client comes to me and puts on a deposit, and you know we go through a contract and have an agreement i'm going to do that work there's they're paying my rent like i'm doing that work but if it's more of like a you know help a brother out kind of thing it's a lot harder even though i think at the end of the day friendships are way more valuable than money it's just (laughs) it's a weird area you know it's 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 weird i mean I i know they say like don't mix friendship and business or, you know, be weary of doing that. Um, and I actually do agree with that to a degree. Like I, as well as Mitch and I work together, I would have every inclination to believe that if we decided to, you know, take Hey Monkey and, and Humbly Made and form Humble Monkey or whatever it would be, or, you know, which actually would be a really good business name. Um, like I still wouldn't do it. I would still like, I would just, it's that old thing of like, you know, there was that girl that liked you, but she was like, oh, but I'd hate to ruin the friendship. And it's like, yeah, but I really want to get in your pants. <laughs> you know, like messy. I'd yeah. almost be worth doing that. But it's like, you know, that's when you're 20 now at 44. Like I would rather just Mitch and I each keep our separate things, even if it means we we are competing sometimes for the same client or whatever, and just help each other grow with our own things because that way we control it and we do it and we know we're still going to be there for each other. Um, rather than saying, Hey, let's just do a whole new business. And then something happening. I think that's one of the coolest right. parts about the creative community though, especially the community like we find ourselves in is just how many people like on paper are competing with each other, but still work together. Like, like Jason yeah. 
Frost Home and the Creative South podcast has been one of the biggest mega speaker, you know, like one of the biggest loud phones. What what the fuck is the word? <laughs> He's been uh, one uh, of the megaphone? megaphone. He's like been one of the biggest megaphones and just uh, cheerleaders for creatoring. Like he spread the word almost more than anybody. Yeah, he's but constantly telling other people to do podcasts. Yeah. Constantly. Because I think it was such a huge thing for him. You know, again, he just hit a hundred episodes, which is nuts. Yeah. You know. So yeah, but so I think awesome. he's seen the change that it's made in him. And that's, you know, where I come from, which is why I try to do a lot of like talking and, you know, friendship making and relationship building is because the what this community gave me when I sort of hit the reset button on my life in my late thirties, it's like I want to give all that back. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like screw competition. I would rather just help you do something because I remember that awesome feeling. Yeah. But you can't getting back to the priorities. You can't do that if your priorities are out of whack. Correct. So you have to make that a priority really. Like you have to sit back, I guess, and say like, I will prioritize some of my time to mentoring, helping, whatever. Sure. Which I do. Funny side note, Hood Sisters, they're on stage at Circles. They do their talk, which was fantastic. So awesome. Um, Which you would expect no less, of course. But it was like just even... Of course, of course. Yeah. Just blew my mind even more than I thought it was going to. And they have a and a session at the end. Um, And one of the people says, you know, does working so closely together affect your friendship? And the whole room kind of falls quiet. They kind of look out at the guy and they're like, you know, we're twins, right? <laughs> and the whole room just erupts. And he was like, actually, I had no idea. I just thought it was, it was like, it's like, really? Is it an amazing coincidence that they have the same last name and literally almost look exactly alike? Yeah. You know, like I hadn't seen him and, you know, we discussed this. I hadn't seen him in four years. So absolutely every morning I took mental note of what each one was wearing. And I waited for one of them to say their names. So I could be like, okay. Jen is short hair today with skirt and Amy is. And then finally, you know, you remember like, okay, this one has tattoos or this one. <laughs> but it was like, every, you know, every morning it was like, okay, Amy, purple dress, you know. Sure. But it was just so funny. But how does it affect your friendship? And <laughs> We're not friends. We're sisters. Okay. Simply different. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a weird situation at the end, though. Like, they have... One of the most unique situations, though, I think they're they're related. They're twins. They have a design business together. That's all. There needs to be like a documentary on them. I'm serious. Like it's just like such a crazy uh, alignment of of interests and and similarities. It's that's wonderful. It's like if they can make it work, you know, anybody should really be able to make it work. Really should. Just have to throw down like throw away petty egos and and all of that, which tend to get in the way sometimes. Just sometimes. I'm trying to decipher this question from Cameron. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Maybe you, maybe you can explain it to us. He said that earlier you made a post. Uh, earlier you made a post somewhere about breaking through creative block by getting back to basics. Okay, in Slack or something? Okay. Um, yeah, Instagram's all fucked up. I'll probably see it in like a week or two. And Yeah. Um, 
he just was wondering if you could elaborate on that. And I think it makes sense, you know, with, again, going back to priorities, a good way to get back to priorities is figuring out what matters to you. And a good way to do that is to get back to basics. So, so yeah, my post was, is, was in terms of illustrating. I have just, for some reason, just, just nosedived into the dirt as far as drawing goes. I can't say that I've put a mark on a piece of paper in months. It's just, there's like nothing, right? Like literally nothing. I get inspired by art still. I get inspired by illustrators and designers. Like there's, it's not that I'm like, but like the minute I grab a pencil, it's just like, you know, and like nothing comes <laughs> out. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know if I'm burnt out. I don't know if it's classic creative block. Um, so, you know, I made a post that just was finally like, you know what, I need to actually say this to the world so I can be held accountable and maybe just sort of that whole journaling aspect, right? When you get it out there, maybe the, sometimes that's the dam that breaks to start the process again. Um, so what I talked about getting back to basics is, you know, for the last several years, I was been doing all these like monster drawings for Bella and starting to get into children's book illustrations and making some headway with there. And, you know, all of a sudden it's just like, and stopped and like nothing comes out anymore. Um, and so what I was talking about was just going back to like what I used to do as a kid. And I'm just gonna, I've got, my God, I've got 75 art books and illustration books over on my shelf. I'm going to open them up and I'm just going to line for line, start copying shit. Like I used to, when I was a kid, right. That's how we learned to draw. We used to open our comic mm -hmm. books and draw Spider-Man. And I'm just going to go back and start yeah. doing that again for a while and just drawing Spider-Man or drawing a monster or drawing a lamppost or drawing a car line for line, word for word, just to move the muscle again. Um, and see if that works. If you guys aren't Dude, paying attention, this is our eighth episode and this is the eighth fucking time. This point has come up naturally. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I can't, I mean, Lenny said it beautifully. Like I cannot stress that enough. Like musicians do it, you know, it's, it's, it's more of just like a process of doing, you don't have to be doing your original stuff. Just go through the motions, get some shit out. Like even if you're doing something that just inspires you, recreating a fucking Mewtwo or a Pikachu or something on paper, whatever, as long as you're making those things, it's going to inspire you to do something else. You're going to get in that rhythm. You're going to get in that movement. You're going to want to do your own thing. It's just people sometimes, you know, just like, I'm not, I can't think of anything. So I'm just not going to do anything. That's what, and that's where I've been for literally like six months. And I was like, well, th that's definitely not going to help. I've sort of realized is like, I've literally got empty sketchbooks and, you know, stuff lying around. I was like, so why don't I just open up something and be like, you know, I don't know. What do we got here? This is a book from my buddy, Ben Whittington. He's local here in Cary. Phenomenal illustrator. Look at this guy's stuff. We'll share the link with it. Yeah. Ben, Ben Whittington. Um, I, I can, but just super cool stuff. So I was like, I'm kind of looking through stuff going, you know, that's similar to what I do with monsters and crazy creatures. So I'm going to literally crack open his sketchbook and I'm going to draw a shit. Yeah. You know, just because, because he inspires me to look at it. So I'm going to be like, I want to draw a creature like that. So I'm just going to draw his to get my arms and fingers and hands moving again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a helpful thing to do. It's such a helpful thing. Um, you know, and you discover things along the way, like hands. I, like a lot of designers and illustrators, hands, the bane of my existence. Anytime I have to draw a hand, I'm like, should I just do a circle again this time? Or should I just do a little blob that roughly looks like a mitten that maybe could kind of be interpreted as a hand? Or do I want to fully 
understand like the composition of a hand and just draw one from scratch or like look at an old retro illustration where the hand is like really nice and simplistic, uh, which, which is harder sometimes, but you learn like anatomy that way and, and you figure it out and it's, you know, you put that hard work in one time and then you learn, but that's all it takes. That's all it takes. You can pretty much apply that same rationale to a, to a lot of design. If it looks hard, it probably was hard. But if you can replicate it, then you're going to, yeah, you're going to learn a lot. And I also think that, and, and I've definitely had this misconception. I was talking with my friend. I don't know if you guys met him at Creative South last year, Jose Ciceraro. Mm -hmm. he, he was the hanging with me and he was a, a guest at Creative South. A phenomenal illustrator. Um, just phenomenal. And so I was chatting with him today. He saw my post and he immediately hit me up on text and was like, hey, dude, I'm coming over to your studio soon during lunch. We're going to draw. Because he's like, I literally was through that. And here's some things some friends told me. But, you know, one of the things he said is like, I need to, I'm going to keep open sketchbooks everywhere I'm at. And it's like, if I got five minutes, draw a damn circle. You know, yeah. I think I've definitely gotten into the trap of like, when I was heavily into doing my children's book illustration, when I was preparing for the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators Conference, where I was trying to get a portfolio ready, I was doing 15, 16 hours a day straight of digital painting and drawing. And I, I was, it was my, my hands. When I got to that conference, I was so glad not to draw for a week because my hands literally were like this. Right. Um, but I think that almost maybe I'm kind of sitting back thinking and even almost realizing it now. So, you know, show moment here, maybe, um, that, that in my brain, my brain might've been saying, that's what you have to do to actually draw now is do 15 hours a day. And it's like, I think oh. I'm starting to realize that like, no, I don't, I can actually just draw like a little thing for 15 minutes and, that could be my drawing for the day yeah. versus we talked about it. Yeah. Versus yeah. none at all, which is better. Right. Yeah. Like we, we've talked about on this show, the idea of where inspiration comes from. And if there's any conclusion that we've reached, you know, I'm, I'm an idiot. I don't know anything, but um, you can't, the inspiration is not going to do anything if you don't sit down and pick up a pen or touch your mouse. So that's the first step. Actually, try to do it. Forget about being inspired. Until you start drawing that circle, you're not going to be inspired. And you do mean a computer mouse, I'm assuming. Uh, no, fuck. You can get a regular mouse. I don't know. Okay, I just want to make How sure. How are you going to do that? You can't do a blood sacrifice if you don't actually touch yeah, the mouse. Yeah, touch the Dude, mouse. That's true. I can't start yeah. any creative endeavor without <laughs> killing a mouse first. It's now he, that he's talking about a computer mouse in this industry. I was talking about a real mouse. He's talking about a computer mouse. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we do not condone the killing of no, you know, cats and dogs. But my, I, I mean, if it inspires you, exactly anything that inspires. What a do no harm, take no know, shit, right? Yeah, I, I think we should. <laughs> I think we should just leave it there. That's a good end. I think that's the best ending. Kid, as, kid, as Kid Rock, as Kid Rock says, just get in the pit you, and try to love you. Some. I don't even want to hear the rest of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Lanny, what are you what are you getting up to? Do you do you want anybody to find you online anywhere? Do you want to share anything? Anything coming up? No, I want everybody to stay away from me. Perfect. Daniel, you got anything? I'd also like for everybody to stay away from me. But yeah. if they did want to find me. <laughs> they did want to find me. <laughs> HeyMonkeyDesign.com at HeyMonkeyDesign on everything else. I thought you dropped the design. 
Um, well, it's still the URL, but I have oh, in the, I have in the actual like when I say the name and stuff, I just say "Hey Monkey." But gotcha. that URL is very much taken. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! What is this URL economy brought us? And they probably want like ten thousand dollars for it too, don't they? Probably. I've never even actually. I was like, I'm not gonna pay a damn dollar for it. So yeah, <laughs> you got the other one. Might as well stick with exactly. It. Changing Same. emails nowadays is like what it used to be. Changing phone numbers. You don't want oh, to text yeah. and tell everybody your new email address. Just stick with what you got. And you don't even change them anywhere. Yeah. You just make a new one and start using it. Yeah, forward everything to it. See, it's not nearly as complicated as it made it sound. It's <laughs> the old grumpy curmudgeon coming out. And, um, and and in case it didn't make it through the through the last one, Jason Frost home. I lost after you. <laughs> Perfect. That's the best ending to an episode we've ever done. Um, um, yeah. Lenny does love you. Um, but Lenny, thanks for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm glad we got to talk to you twice. Maybe we can do it again another three or four times later. Not tonight. I enjoy not having ads on the show. I don't know if what you guys think, but... I like not having ads and the people that support us on Patreon allow us to not have to have ads. So it's true. You can go to patreon.com slash creatoring. If you'd like to support us there and um, we're on Twitter at creatoring show. Anything else? I think, I think that's, oh, uh, if, if anybody ever sees any uh, drama happening in Design Twitter, just immediately at Creatoring, just stir the pot um, at our expense. Uh, say we said something, mm -hmm. uh, we'd like to be involved and really help the community out. Uh, well, thanks. That's, that's pretty much it. Thanks again, Lenny. Uh, thank you to Vincent Parham for our wonderful theme music. Um, yeah, thanks, Vincent. I'm going to see you next week. Also, Zach, I'm going to see you next week, but you don't know it yet. Yay! Is that is that because you're going to be molding a shower? <laughs> That's because I'm going to be molding a shower, exactly. Hey, you guys who didn't hear the first take of this show, fuck you. Daniel's molding my shower. <laughs> it's, we're going to be so confused as to what we're talking about. It's my final form. Hey, Daniel. People. I'll talk to you again in two exactly. weeks and I'll see you next week. Sounds great. Uh, Lenny, we'll talk to you in 2020 for our 20th episode. Absolutely. And I just became your latest backer on Patreon. So I, oh. I, I literally did it while we were on the episode. Thanks man. I'll just, well, I'll just can't, I'll just cancel it next month. So, but I'm just saying for right now I am. Let me see what <laughs> level you joined that before I say anything else, before I send you a sticker or anything. All right. Hold on, he didn't he didn't donate like a broken car or anything to us, right? <laughs> I don't want that responsibility. Alright, he gave us a gift card to like Walgreens. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Got, gotta have podcast snacks. Bye guys. See you guys. Thanks right, so much. See you, man.